This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. I have I, I, I started a sermon series entitled Different. Everybody say different. different. Say it again, different. different. Uh, God desires to do, to do different in our lives. And as Christians, as we move forward and grow, um, we can't be afraid to try things different. Um, we can't be afraid to, to try new things. We can't be afraid to move forward. Uh, that's how we grow. We grow because God challenges us to do new things, and new things are oftentimes different for us. And that's kind of how, how God challenges us and how he moves forward. He challenges us with the different. And so um, I, I started teaching two Sundays, two Wednesdays ago about prayer strategy. God kind of put this back on my heart because God said, he said, teach Teach the people about uh, the, the power of prayer. When, whenever the hand of God is on your life, you can rest assured that Satan is going to try and do something um, to kind of throw you off track. You can rest assured that. If, if you're no threat to the enemy, you don't have to worry about him because he's not going to bother because you're not bothering him. So anytime you start doing something for the kingdom, you are guaranteed to have some opposition. Now, we're not to fear opposition, but we are to be aware of the opposition that Satan oftentimes tries to bring and manifest in our lives. We ought to be aware. But God told us that, that we have a weapon that is more powerful than anything that Satan could ever throw us throw at us, and that is the, the weapon of prayer. God, teach us about prayer. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce a principle tonight that most of you may know this principle, but it's going to be something that when you hear it, you're going to say, oh, wait a minute. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. So we're going to introduce it. So we started the teaching. We talked about strategy. Uh, strategy. I won't go through all of them because I've got to. Um, um, I've got to. I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to end this tonight and try to get through all this because next week uh, we'll begin prepared for our serve weekend. So number one is to understand your opponent. Understand your opponent. You have to take some time to understand who Satan is and how Satan works. You have to understand that. I was in the army for 12 years, and for 12 years, that's what they taught. They taught us to know our enemy, to understand the enemy, to study our enemy. If you play sports, um, if, if, if you were, uh, had, a, had a good team, your coach taught you to study the teams that you're playing against, study your opponent. And so the same thing is true with the enemy. We have to learn uh, who our opponent is, understand who he is. Number two is you have to know yourself. Everybody say know yourself. You've got to know who you are. You have to know if Satan is going to tempt you, if you're going to fall, you have to know enough about yourself to know the areas where you're going to fall. Amen. That, that, that's why the Bible says, don't take, you know, no man can take hot coal in his bosom and not be burned. Amen. If, if you try that, that just means that you don't know yourself very well. Because all of us, everybody in this room, there, there is something that there is a certain sin. We all have a proclivity to a particular sin, or we have a certain bent or a certain slant to a certain thing. Uh, some people have a bent toward alcohol, and they just can't go around it. They can't deal with it because they'll wind up drinking again. Uh, I had an uncle. Uh, he, um, he had a come-to-Jesus accident. He was in a curve, flipped his car over. He stopped drinking altogether. He stopped drinking for almost a year, but we were so excited. And then I had another uncle that died. When my uncle died, he decided he was going to drink something for his homie. 
And then so he so he drank again, wound up becoming an alcoholic again. Uh, so that that was that was kind of his bent. He didn't realize that. Okay, in, in his mind, he was just going to drink something just out of respect, as it were, um, for my other dead uncle. But the reality was that that sent him down that spiral. So we all have that proclivity, all have that bent, and there are some things Satan cannot tempt you with. Let me say that there are some things in your life Satan cannot tempt you with because he know that you're more powerful than that particular the temptation. You've already overcome that. That's not a big deal for you. But guess what? Satan has studied you enough to know exactly what your thing is. He know he knows exactly what he can use. That that's that's because Satan is patient and he's cunning and he's crafty and he's conniving and he understands that there that there that there are some things that 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 he can use. Open up your Bibles to Luke chapter twenty-two. If you charged up your Bibles, if you have electronic Bible, please feel free to grab it and go to Luke chapter twenty-two. I want to show you this. I'm going to show you this in two versions. So we're we're still. I'm I'm looking at know yourself for just a few moments. We're looking at know yourself just for a few moments. You got to know yourself. You have to know yourself. Yourself. So um, know yourself. Look at Luke 22. Look at verse number 31. Look at verse number 31. 31 um, through through 30, 32. 31 through 32. The NIV says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as sweet. But I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you've turned back, strengthen your brothers. I, I like the way the message Bible, I want to show you this in the message Bible. Look at the screen if you don't have it. Simon, stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me. This is Jesus talking. Do you know what Satan's number one goal is? To separate you from Jesus, to separate you from God, to get you to second guessing God, to get you so far in sin that that sin takes you further and further and further away from the presence of God. That's that's Satan's entire objective to to drink to 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 draw to. Uh, uh, to put that wedge there to draw you first or push you further or further and further away from God. So here's what Jesus is saying here. He says, "Listen, I've prayed." I've prayed. He said he want to sift you as wheat. He says, I've prayed for you in particular that you not give in or give out. I like that. Not give in or give out. In other words, this is going to be a serious testing. There's going to be some times that you want to give in. Hallelujah. Ra- listen, uh, uh, raise your hand if you've ever had some times when you just want to give in to the devil. You want to give in. Amen. <laughs> I think all of us. Hallelujah. Oh, watch this. Watch this. Now, he- here, is, he- here is the dichotomy. Here's the dichotomy. Sometimes choosing not to give in can cause you to want to give out. <laughs> it's difficult. It takes energy not to give in. It takes some strength not to give in. It takes some power, sometimes some willpower. There's some fortitude. You have to have some Holy Ghost power not to give in sometimes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Sometimes it, it, it takes, so it takes that. So Jesus prayed for Peter and he said, I'm praying that you not give in or give out. But watch this. I like this part. Look at this. This is so cold-blooded. Look at this. He said, he said, listen, not if you come through. Glory to God. He didn't say if you come through. He said when you come through. 
when you get through this. Glory to God. So watch this. God's expectation for you is that you're going to get through this. Glory to God. You need to know that. Look at your neighbor and say, God expects you to get through it. Come on, tell them. God, ex- God expects you to get through it. So, so watch this. Knowing that God has that expectation on your life should give you some strength just to keep going. When you know that God is expecting you to make it, he's expecting you to get through. Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Peter, when you get through this, after you have come, gone through this, then I want you to go back and strengthen your brothers. After you've gotten gone through, glory to God, hallelujah. So you know what that means? That means after you get through the thing that you're going through, God expects you to help somebody else get through. Woo! See, that's why you've got to tell your testimony. That's why you have to share your testimony of how good God has been to you in your life. So you, you, you have to know your, know your opponent, know yourself, and then you've got to, um, let's, uh, so let me, let me give you this. Let me give you this. Me give, write this down if you don't have this already. Write this down. You, you have to write out what you've learned about the enemy. You'll see this on the screen. Write out. Take a picture of the screen if you have to. Write out what you've learned about the enemy. Write and lay out. Write the layout of your battlefield. What is your battlefield? What is the area of your life that Satan fights you? What is the area? You have to lay that out. Any hidden traps or stumbling blocks? What's the area of your life? What is your battlefield? I wish I had time to deal with that. What is, where is the, what, what is the area of your life where Satan fights you the most? What's your battlefield? Is it pride? Is it lust of the flesh? Lust of the eyes? Pride of life? Uh, is, it, is it finances? Is it family? What, 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 what is your battlefield? What is the thing that continues to come up in your life over and over and over and over and over again? What, let me ask you like this. What is the thing in your life that is hard for you to get over? What's that thing that seems like Satan just keeps doing that? He keeps doing that same thing and you keep falling every time. Uh, the next one is describe the strategy he has planned against you. Describe, describe the strategy he's planned against you. If you look back over your life at how you've fallen or, or the times in your life when you've made some mistakes, you'll start to see a pattern. Satan has a pattern. If you look at his life, it has a pattern. Watch this. If you want to know how Satan is going to, how he's going to attack you, look at how he attacked your mom. Look at how he attacked your dad. How did he cause your dad to fall? How did he cause your, the people in your family? Well, what happened to people in your family? Because Satan can oftentimes use that. Watch this. Satan can oftentimes allow people in your family to get sick one after another. And because you saw them get sick, you know what you'll say? Well, I guess I'm next. You'll say, and guess what? You just open up that door. So Satan says, okay, they want it, God. Now I can give it to them. Their faith says that they're going to be sick next. That's what your faith is saying. Your faith is saying this. Now, I quoted this. I quoted this, and I, I, I wanted, I was wondering how to say this sentence. I was wondering how to say it, and I was trying to be, you know, uh, 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 is that such a word as Englishly correct? Is that a such a word? That's not, that's not a grammar, grammatically, grammatically. I can't say Englishly. Don't say Englishly. Okay, don't say Englishly. Okay, I want to be, want to be grammatically correct. Okay. Okay. Watch this. Watch this. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to 
to give it. This is my quote. So y'all make sure y'all quote me. This is my quote. I'm going to give y'all my quote. This is Pastor Love's quote. And I'm, and I'm, I'm brilliant sometimes. This is a brilliant quote. So I'm going to give y'all this brilliant quote. And, and I, I, want, I, want you to, I want you to tell me what this quote is saying. Here's Pastor Love's brilliant quote. Here it is. Here, y'all ready for it? Watch this. Satan cannot stop you without your help. Satan cannot stop you without your help. Now, somebody just tell me. Somebody tell me. I was trying to be Englishly correct, but somebody tell me. Somebody, well, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? That Satan cannot stop you without your help. What does that mean? What did I just say? If I don't let him ride, he can't drive. I like that. If I don't let him ride, he can't drive. I like that. What, 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 what is that? You are your own worst enemy. Somebody else. What did I just say? Jerry, do you have that quote? Well, what, 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 what did I just say? What did, what, somebody tell me what that quote means. Help unpack that thing. Yes, ma'am. He can only do what I allow him to do. Yes, ma'am. Never give place to the devil. You had your hand up? Okay, I thought you just raised your hand. Yes, ma'am. Never allow your desire to equal his doom. I like that. What else is that saying? What does that say to you? What else? What else is that saying? What else? What else? What, what, give, give, me, give, me a lay, give me give me another layman's term. Another layman's term. For Satan cannot stop you without your help. Another layman's term. Somebody. I need y'all to think it. What I said about open doors? Uh-huh. He can only come in. Did, did you know? Did you know that if Satan is defeating you, do you know that he's using you to help him? Isn't that crazy? Wait a minute. So you mean to tell me the areas of my life where I faltered, the areas of my life where I failed, the areas of my life where I fallen, you mean to tell me that Satan used me to hurt me? Wow. Wait a minute. So that also means is if I want victory in my life, you, you, what you're telling me is if I want victory in my life, I've got to stop helping Satan hurt me. Ooh, wait a minute. I don't want to be on Satan's team. I don't want to help him hurt me. So wait a minute. So, so, so now, now, now I've got to figure out. I've got to figure this out now. Now I've got to get an action plan. Everybody say get an action plan. I, I've, got to, I've got to get an action plan. Get an action plan. Watch this. Watch this. Okay. Okay. Here's an action plan. This is number four. Get an action plan. Action plan. Number one is you've got to pray. Everybody shout pray. First thing you do is you have to pray. You have to pray that God will give you a clear plan for victory. You have to ask people to pray for you. When was the last time you had you went to some trusted friends and you said to them, hey, listen, I'm wrestling in this area. I need you guys praying for me at least once a day. I need you praying for me. You know what? You know, you know, you know why we don't ask people to pray for us? You know why? Because two, two reasons. N number one, because we haven't developed that relationship with anybody. Or number two, we really don't believe in how powerful prayer really is. Because if you believed how powerful prayer really was, you would have more than one or two people praying for you. And you'd make sure they were praying for you. You pray for me today. I need you praying. 
I thank God I've got a group of guys, a small group of men that every Saturday night we, 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 have, a, we have a conference call and uh, these are men that I can trust with my failures and my flaws and my shortcomings and we pray for each other each week. And I thank God for that. So I encourage you, get to find some people in your life that you can have praying for you. That you especially if you want victory in certain areas of your life. What, what, what scripture verse will you use to attack the devil when he's attacking you. Well, what's your scripture verse? What are you standing on? What word are you standing on? What word has God given you that you're standing on so when the Satan comes in, you can do like Jesus did. You can, you can use the word against Satan. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What is, what's the word? What word are you standing on? Many people just say, well, I know God's going to do it, and I know God is good, and all that stuff is great, but you need to have a specific word that you're standing on. Glory to God. When, when you tell, watch this, when you tell your child, when you tell your child you're going to buy them a brand new bike for Christmas, it's February. Christmas morning, what are they expecting? Why are they expecting a bike? Why are they expecting a bike? Because you told them that they were going to get a bike. So you know what? They had faith all year. Why? Because of your word. Glory to God. It is, it is difficult to have faith in a word that you've never heard. Faith comes by hearing. So you need to say, God, I need a word that I can stand on. God, give me a word. As, you, as you're reading and as you're studying, well, let me, let me say it like this. Let me say it like this. Let me say it like this. Um, don't be a lazy word requester. I'm cold with it. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a lazy word requester. So you know what that means? That means you can't just sit there with your Bible closed and say, God, send me somewhere. <laughs> Faith without works is dead. You've got to be actively looking. You have to be actively reading. And as you're reading and as, you, as you're engaged in the book and engaged in Scripture, then God will start to send you and God will start to lead you and guide you. And he'll start to put things on your heart because you're open to him now. You're open to him. So, so um, uh, Proverbs 3.6, you guys know this. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Here is the next principle I want to give you. First principle is to pray. Watch this. Watch this. This is the big one. Get this one. Here, this is the big one. It's probably the biggest thing I'm going to say tonight. This is the big one. Point number two. You got to put your spirit in charge. Wow. Most of us are ruled and dominated by our flesh or by our body. Most of us are ruled and dominated by our body, by our flesh. And in order to win this battle, you have to put your spirit in charge. A car that is, that is in park is really not in any danger. It's, just, it's, it's stationary. It's not going anywhere. But when that car starts moving, someone has to be behind the steering wheel. Somebody has to be in the driver's seat. 
Because if that car is moving and no one's driving, that car is, is sure for sudden disaster. The question is, your life is moving. <laughs> Y'all picking up what I'm putting down. The question is, who's driving the car of your life? Is the car of your life being driven by the Spirit of God or being driven by your flesh? The Bible says if we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap corruption. I want y'all to see this. So we're talking about putting your spirit in. Everybody say, I must. I said again, I must put my spirit in charge of my life. Say it again. I must put my spirit in charge of my life. You need to get, if you don't hear anything I say tonight, you better hear that. You've got to put your spirit because many of us are making too many decisions out of our flesh. And every time you make a decision out of your flesh, you weaken your spirit, man. So it becomes more difficult for you to hear from God because you, you've operated in the flesh for so long to where now it's time to hear from God. You can't hear from him simply because you have not, you, you've been feeding your flesh so much that your spirit, man, becomes weak. I told my wife the other day, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stop watching TV for a while. So for the past couple of days, I haven't watched any TV. And I, I, I really enjoy going home. I really enjoy going home, putting on some Andy Griffith, putting on some Star Trek, putting on some Heart to Heart. Y'all got to be, yeah, a certain age to understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I just, you know, you, you know what you, see, I, I, I like, can I, let me digress just for a second. I like watching those old shows because there's no innuendos. There's no hidden messages. There's no, you don't have to worry about all the weird stuff that you see on this, you know, TV shows that you watch now. I don't have to worry about that. I know, you know, Barney, the, the, you know, as, as, the only thing Barney going to do sexual is he going to get somebody to kiss him on the cheek. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's about as explicit as that show going to get. <laughs> That's about, it. That's about all you're going to get. Yeah, no cursing, anything. That's right. None of that. Don't have to worry about that. Ernest T. Bass, he was, the, he was the criminal in the show. That was the only criminal they had. And Otis, they got drunk every weekend. Yeah. That's right. That's it. Go, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to show you this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to show you this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, look over at verse number 27. The Living Bible reads it like this. Paul said, like an athlete, I punish my body, treating it roughly, training it to do what it should, not what it wants to do. Woo! Paul said, I'm, I'm pretty rough on this flesh. That's why I told Trina, I said, listen, I, I, I need to hear from God. There's a lot of things going on. I got to hear from, and you know what? I said, I'm not going to watch TV. And that's been one of the toughest things I've done in a long time. I thought fasting from food was difficult. But walking into to my house and no television, you'd be surprised how much time you really have when you turn the TV off. And, and maybe that may not be some of your struggle, but that, that's, that's kind of how I unwind or how I was used to unwinding. Going home, putting some old show on, uh, uh, Gunsmoke or some old show, I'd watch it, and man, I could sleep like a baby. Sleep like a baby. But now I have to go in there, and now I'm just kind of, I'm like a fiend. 
I'm like, man. You'd be surprised how sexual remote control will come when you're not looking at TV. Like, man, I want to test that remote, remote control. But, 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 but I've learned, I, I've learned, watch this, I have to do this type of thing often because I've got to bring my body under, I've got to make my body obey me. I can't just be doing stuff I want to do when I want to do it. You know how dangerous that is? Y'all know how dangerous it is. <laughs> yeah. so, so Paul said, like an athlete, like an athlete. In other words, watch this. I have to fast like an athlete. I have to deny myself like an athlete. Ooh, glory to God. Here's my question. Here's my question. Um, in your spiritual health, in your spiritual health, are you being athletic or are you being lazy? Paul said, I have to discipline my, I have to treat it rough. When I wanted to grab the remote, instead I went to my Bible app. I said, I'm just going to listen to some scripture. When I wanted to grab the remote, instead I grabbed my Bible. I said, I'm just going to read for a little while. I'm going to read myself to sleep. Because I've got to get my flesh under control. Some of you in here right now, boy, your flesh is winning. You eat whatever you want to eat. You know that you shouldn't be eating all that stuff. But your flesh wants what it wants. You went to the buffet. Huge salad bar. You passed all the way past the salad. Went all the way down to the chicken fried steak. The cream gravy. <laughs> Help your neighbor say, you did that too? Help your neighbor, you did that too? <laughs> Go to Galatians chapter 6. Go to Galatians chapter 6. Hope y'all taking this down. Go to Galatians, Galatians chapter 6. I'm trying to teach you how to win this battle. How to win this spiritual battle. I'm, te I'm teaching you how to win. This is, this is the strategy. I'm, I'm giving you the strategy. You've got to bring your body under subjection. You've got to stop giving your body what it wants when it wants it. Because, hold, but listen, after tonight, Holy Spirit is going to start dealing with you about things that you need to push away. Things that you need. See, now, see, now you've heard it. Now you messed up and showed up tonight. See, now you've heard it. So now Holy Spirit is going to say, you know what? I want you to fast tonight. Holy Spirit is going to say, you know, I, I, I don't want you to eat lunch. I want you to spend time with me for lunch. And you know what? Now, now you're going to have to start listening to that. Because now you've got to discipline your body. You've got to start disciplining your body. You got to get this flesh under control. Let me let me ask y'all this: what what what's what is what are some signs that your flesh is out of control? What's some signs? Sweet, sweet. She says, sweet Lord Jesus. She says, sweet. She says, sweet. So so if you're desiring sweets, yeah, you just want them sweet. In middle of the night. Oh Lord, yeah, your flesh, your flesh, your flesh, baby, your flesh is your flesh tore up. You, yeah, you. She eats chocolate in the middle of the night. 
Three o'clock in the morning, she got some banana pudding. No, 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 that flushed her up. Yeah, you take your flush to the mechanic. You need a tune-up. Okay, okay. Give me, give me, give, give me another example. Height when you know your, you know your flesh is out of control. Irritability. You're irritable. Everything gets on your nerves. Your flesh is in control when you're irritable. Yes, ma'am. Obsessive thoughts. Just, just thinking about, can't, you can't stop thinking about whatever you're thinking about. Obsessive thoughts. Yes, ma'am. When you justify your wrong. You're wrong, and then you start justifying your wrong. Your flesh is out of control. Give me another example. Yes, ma'am. Discontent. Always want something else. Always want the next thing. Not content with what you have. Who had the hand up? Yes, ma'am. Stress eating. Stress eating. Your flesh is out of control. Somebody else. Say again. Yes, sir. Mind racing. No peace in your thought life. You have no peace in your mind. Your mind's, your mind's racing. Yes, sir. Swearing. Swear. Yeah, that means cussing. Yeah, yeah that means... Yeah, that's... The, that, that. Y'all listen. Listen. Swearing is the Hebrew word for cussing. He just, he just gave y'all the... He gave y'all, yeah, he just gave, that's the Hebrew word. Yeah. yeah. Yes, ma'am. Lust. Lust of the flesh. Look, you can't look at a shadow. Oh, Lord Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, you out there. You out there. I'm sorry. You out there. You can't look at a silhouette. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 but no, no, but, but she's right. All these things, y'all, we could go on and on and on, and we could talk about all the things that, that, that indicates to us that our flesh is out of control because, man, we, 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 we become so compulsive and we become, you know, just, just I know, so complacent. There's, and there's so many things. Um, did, do y'all, have y'all found Galatians chapter 6? Galatians chapter 6. Look at verse number 8. The Living Bible reads it like this. If he sows to please his own wrong desires... He will be planting seeds of evil, and he will surely reap a harvest of spiritual decay and death. If you sow to the flesh, if, uh, all I'm telling you is the things that we name. I know when we said it jokingly, but those things are serious. The things that we name, if you continue to feed that part of yourself, then you're decaying spiritually. If you don't get your body under control, if, 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 if no, no, I, I don't mean this, I don't mean this in a funny way, but, but if, if she don't make her body say, no, we're not going to eat chocolate at three o'clock in the morning, these cookies, yeah, because if her body is craving that, now listen, when, when, when you start to discipline your body, your body going to have a fit, your body going to have a fit. Your body going to be so mad at you. <laughs> Refrigerator full of food. That body going to say, no, I want them cookies. So you know what you wind up doing? You wind up eating everything else except the cookies. So you trade one demon for another demon.
But if, but if, if you don't, if you don't get that thing under control, that your flesh is going to control you. Here's my question to you: In what areas of your life is your flesh out of control? Somebody says she's a her mouth. <laughs> As, as a matter of fact, I read the psalmist said, the psalmist said, I put a, I put a guard by my mouth. I, I asked God to guard my mouth, to guard my tongue, to, to make sure that I don't say anything that will be uh, degrading to God. I made sure of that. And so that may be an area. So people that have, that fly, fly off at the mouth. Listen, that's, that, that's not the spirit of God. That's not God's spirit. God says that, that our words be always laced with grace. That, that our words should communicate grace to the hearer. And watch this. You can speak the truth. I'm not tripping on that because God wants truth. You can speak the truth, but the Bible says speak the truth in love. And watch this. You can't say everything you think. You got, you got to pray about that stuff that you're thinking. Glory to God. Listen, your thoughts are not saved. That's why you have to take every thought captive and you have to make your thoughts obey Jesus Christ. Your thoughts not saved. That's why God don't let that little cartoon bubble be over your head when you're walking around because God know your thoughts not saved. Can you imagine? Can you imagine reading somebody bubble in front of you? Like, oh, Lord, Jesus. You got you to put your spirit in charge. You got to work to put, you got to make sure your spirit's in charge. So you know what you got to do? You got to become an athlete. I wish I had time. You, you got to become an athlete in your spiritual life. You become an athlete in your spiritual life. You hear that? Become an athlete. Athletes work out a lot. They work out. Athletes hardly ever miss a day of working out. They do something. Athletes work on different parts of their body all the time. They work, they work a section, let a section rest. They, they, but but they're, they're always strengthening themselves. So what I'm saying is as a church, we have to be a strong church. We become a strong church by strengthening the areas of our spirit that has grown weak. The way we strengthen our spirit is we have to put our flesh in subjection. You know what that means? That means you've got to fast sometimes. That means you've got to push away the plate sometimes. That means you've got to get off social media for a while. For some of you, your phone, boy, if they, if they try to take your phone, your, your body, your finger's going to be mad at you. Your finger's going to be scratching your face up. Where that phone at? Y'all go get Galatians chapter 5. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Look at verse 16. The Living Bible. I, I, I took this from the Living Bible because I like the way, the way it read. Verse 16 says, I advise you to obey only the Holy Spirit's instruction. He will tell you where to go and what to do. And then you won't always be doing the wrong things your evil nature wants you to. Verse 17 says, for we naturally love to do evil things that are just the opposite from the things that the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And the good things we want to do when the Spirit has his way with us are just the opposite 
of our natural desires. These two forces within us are constantly fighting each other to win control over us. And our wishes are never free from their pressures. Hmm. Somebody say amen. Here's the question now. How do you keep your body disciplined and under control of the spirit? How do we do that? How do we do that realistically? How do we keep our bodies disciplined and under the control of the spirit? Here's number five. And, and five, I've got uh, about three bullet points underneath number five. Number five is write out your strategy. Write that down if you don't have it already. Write out your strategy. That's number five. You have to write it out. Write out your strategy. We are 60% more likely to do things that we write down. I've learned that if I want to get some things done, no matter how minute it is, if I put it on a to-do list, I'll do it. And so I have a to-do list on my desk. If I put it on a to-do list, I'm more likely to do it if I put it on a to-do list. So write it down. Write it down. Here's first, first thing that you write down. Watch this. You must decide. Everybody say decide. You must decide to live your life Live life by your spirit instead of being body ruled or ruled by the flesh. So the first thing you got to do is activate your faith. Activate your faith. If you're going to win this battle against your flesh and not help the devil to defeat you, the first thing you got to do is activate some faith. Watch this. Just like you would believe God to help pay somebody's bill, just like you would believe God to help make you well if you were sick. Just like you'll believe God for that, you have to activate faith to believe God to make you strong enough to overcome whatever you're dealing with in the spirit realm. You have to activate your faith. You have to believe that you can. Philippians 4.13, you guys know this, for I can do everything. Some Bibles say all things, but I can do everything God asks me to do with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and power. You got to activate your faith. You got to activate your faith. Can, can you live a God-fearing life? Yeah, but you, gotta act, you have to activate your faith. Can you fast? And can you put your, your body under subjection? Yeah, but you have to activate your faith. You got to activate faith in that regard. You, you've got you've to get, get some scripture, get some word. You've got to activate your faith. Yes, you can live a holy life. Yes, you can live a saved life, but you have to activate some faith. You've got to start. Now, now watch this. After you make the decision, after you say, you know what? Uh, man, I heard Pastor Love preach Wednesday night, man. He was teaching about, you know, living a, a, a successful spiritual life and getting closer to God. He was talking about that, talking about, you know, press strategy. So you know what I'm going to do? I, I choose. I've decided that I'm going to live my life for God. I've decided that I want my flesh under control. I've just decided. I just, I've just, I'm making that decision. I want to. I want to be. I want to be an athlete in the spirit. I want to discipline my body. I realize my body's out of control. I'm doing a lot of things that are not healthy for me. So you know what? I'm going to discipline my body. I've decided. You guys have to make a decision. I can teach and preach all week, all month, all year long, but until you make the decision for yourself, nothing will change in your life. It's first you have to make the decision. Make the decision. Second, watch this. Second, I like this one. Second, you must say what you believe. You have to make the decision. you got to decide how you want to live your life. And secondly, you've got to start saying what you believe. You've got to open your mouth and you've got to start talking about what you believe. I am the righteousness of God. I am the head and not the tail. I live a saved life. I am holy because God is holy. Glory to God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. 
I'm stronger than my flesh. My spirit man is overcoming my flesh. Hallelujah. My spirit man is going to be stronger than my flesh. I'm going to live by the spirit and not by the dictates of, this, of the world, dictates of the flesh. I'm going to live by my spirit. I want my spirit. I'm going to live a spirit-led life. Say this with me. Say, I will. Now say it again. Say, I will live a spirit-filled life. Say it again. I will live a spirit-led life. Say, I will live a spirit-governed life. And, and watch this. And the more you say that, the more you say that, the more you say that you know what's going to happen, you're going to start activating some faith, baby. That faith's going to start kicking in. That faith's going to start generating. And before you know it, before you know it, you're going to be stronger than you ever imagined in your whole entire life. Now when oppositions come, you're going to be so strong that the opposition, man, it's going, to, it's going to be like almost like nothing happened. So people are going to look at you wondering, how are you so calm? In the midst of all this stuff going on, you know why? Because I'm led by my spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And my, my spirit says to me what Jesus said to Peter. He said, after you've endured this, then go back and strengthen your brothers. My spirit man says I'm coming through this. That's why I'm not tripping. My spirit man says that this is just, this is just a, a passing annoyance. This is a light affliction. My, just my spirit man says, you know what? So I don't, I don't have to be moved by this because I'm, I'm being led by my spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, if you're led by your spirit, you don't have, you have to put it in 30 applications. When you're led by the spirit, spirit of God tells you where to go. Spirit of God tells you what to do. When, you, when, you, when you're led by the spirit, watch this. What's stopping you from studying the Bible the way you desire to? What's stopping you? Well, something is that there is something that your flesh is, is taking up on versus you spending time in the Word. That means your flesh is out of control. Something's out of balance in your life. Something's out of balance. If you don't have that, the regiment spending time in the Word. Second, you must say, um, but Second Corinthians chapter 4, you guys will see it on the screen. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, in sense, watch this. And since we have the same spirit of faith, watch this, according to what is written, I believed, and therefore, what did I do? I spoke. We also believe, therefore, we speak. So you have to start speaking the things that you want and stop talking about the things that you don't want. You've got you've to turn that faith into some words. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We live in a voice-activated kingdom, and nothing happens until something is spoken. God spoke the world into existence. You've got to start speaking some things over your life. Your words have power. Glory to God. You've got to speak. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to believe. You've got to make, you've got to decide this is what I want. And then you've got to start talking about what you want. Talk about a new car long enough. Man, I'm going to get me a new car. Man, I tell you what I'm going to get. I heard a whale. You heard that whale? Man, I'm going to get me a new car. Man, God's, I'm gonna, listen, God's going to bless me with a new car. Man, I'm going to get a new car. You know what's going to happen? New car going to manifest in your life. Just because, because your faith, your, your faith is like a lasso. And you're pulling that thing to you. Whatever you start saying, that's what you start putting. Listen, watch this. I'm going to have a helicopter one day. 
You got to start activating. Activating your faith. We activate. We got to start speaking faith-filled words. Stop speaking doubt. Condemnation on yourself. Let your words be filled with faith. What is God going? Is God going to bring you? You better believe God's going to bring me out. How do I know? Because he didn't bring me this far to let me down now. Start speaking faith-filled words. Watch this. Watch this. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed. In other words, I didn't speak it until I believed it. Once I believed it, now I can speak it. I can say it now that I believe. How do I know God's going to make a way? Because I believe it. I can say it because I believe it. Glory to God. Now, some of you, you may have to say it until you believe it. Glory to God. Just don't stop saying it. You keep believing. You keep speaking. You keep saying. So, so one, first, you got to decide. Second, you have to say it. Number three, here's the third one. Here's the third one. Underneath number five. The third one is you must act upon what you just said. Not enough just to talk about it. Of course, that produces faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God and then saying what you heard. But then there comes a moment in your time of your life when now you got to put some feet to the thing that you've been talking about. You got to start walking this thing out. You got to start walking it out. You have to act upon what you've said. James chapter 2, verse 17 says it like this. So you see, it isn't enough just to have faith. You must also do good to prove that you have it. Faith that doesn't show itself by good works is no faith at all. It is dead and useless. Faith without works is dead. You've got to start walking out your faith. You've got to start walking out. You have to act on what you're saying. Glory to God. Watch this. If I were to ask you tonight, how many of you guys want to live a successful Christian life? Why don't do it? But every hand in this room will go up. But then my last question would be, what are you willing to do in order to make it happen? We can talk about it all day long. We can talk about it. We have all oh, we can shout. We can shout ourselves to sleep. Talk about it. But the question becomes, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to give up to get closer to God? Write that down or text that to yourself. What am I willing to give up to get closer to God? Woo! What am I willing to give up? What, what's, what, what's, what's standing in the way? What's taking up my time? Some people, it's work. Your job just taking up so much time. Your, your work is just in your way. And it's taking up your time with God. What is it? What's taking up that time? You got to first decide. You got to say what you believe. And you got to act upon what you say. Let me say that again. First, you have to decide. You have to say what you believe. Then you have to act on what you said. You got to make some action. I want to get closer to God. So I told my wife, I said, well, I'm not watching TV. You can watch it if you want to. So thank God that she decided to, to, to turn the TV off with me. So for the past, uh, I don't know, maybe this whole week, we, have, we haven't watched any television at all. And that's been really tough. Really tough because I'm used to having that noise. I'm used to having that noise. And oh, thank y'all. I got four of y'all clapping. I really appreciate that. Uh, my little four little claps. I love y'all. Thank y'all. All four of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. I feel like a hero. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're my hero too. Amen. Crying to God. But, 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 but what do you want to give up? Here's what God said. He said, you draw nigh unto me. I'll draw nigh. That's what he says to all of us. You want, you want to win this battle? You want to stop giving the devil foothold in your life? Learn how to deny your flesh. Start feeding your spirit, man. I told you guys the other day that even your spirit never sleeps. So even at nighttime, you can put on a Bible app and just let the, let the word of God play. And your spirit man is listening to it all the time. Your spirit's listening. Those of you that can sleep with it, your spirit man will be listening all night. I can't listen all night. I can listen for, for a time, but there comes a time when I have to turn it off so that I can, I can really, really get some sleep. But I can listen to it for a long time. I can just listen to the, listen to the word of God. I encourage you guys to do that. I encourage you guys to do that. Lastly, and I, I'm done with this one. Last, this is number six, my final point, and this is this, this closes this teaching. Num, number six, the last point is to worship. Last point is to worship. When the Israelites would go into battle, they would send worshipers ahead of the army. Worship is a powerful tool in defeating the enemy. In battle, it would sometimes confuse the enemy so that the opposing army would turn on itself and defeat itself without the Israelites having to lift a finger. You find that in Judges chapter 7. Here's a couple of points about worship, and then we'll be done. Worship helps you maintain perspective when you're worshiping God. It helps you maintain perspective. Worship reminds you that victory is only found in Jesus. Victory is only found in Jesus. Lastly, worship takes your eyes or your mind off the problem and puts them on the problem solver. As you're growing and as we're strengthening ourselves, make sure that you're worshiping. Worship is an important tool. It's a powerful, powerful tool that God gives us to confuse the enemy, to strengthen us, and worship gives you the victory. So in the midst of what you're going through, Put you some music on and lift your hands and just worship. Stop all that arguing in the house. Put some worship music on and just worship. Don't do it to be funny. Do it to go get in God's presence. Get in God's presence and worship. Don't, don't put, leave, that, leave that up, Jerry. But Job chapter 1 verse 20 says, And Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell on the ground, and he worshiped. I believe that's how Job got through that, that attack on his life, his family, his wealth, his business, everything, his crop. I believe that's how Job survived because Job decided, I'm going to worship. Instead of complaining, I'm going to worship. Instead of arguing, I'm going to worship. Instead of throwing a pity party, I'm just going to worship. Because worship takes my eyes off the problem, put my eyes on the problem solver. That's when we put, we put our flesh under control, is that we worship. Will you bow your heads? Father, thank you, Lord, for... Um, what you've said in this house tonight. Thank you, Lord God, that your word, God, your word is quick and it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, that your, your word separates bone from marrow. Father, we thank you for sending your word tonight. Father, we pray that you would plant.